Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So much. I'm waving at you all and I'm saying, hey, peace and blessings and all that good stuff. Brothers and sisters, welcome to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the POET Network. Today's lesson is Jesus versus Jesus. Part two, again, Jesus versus Jesus, part two. We want to welcome our YouTube family. We want to welcome our Poet Radio family. We want to say peace and blessings to each and every one of you who's out there watching and who's out there listening. Brothers and sisters, now is the time for you to go ahead and get your books, your Bible, and all those things that you need in order to follow the lesson today. Now, before we do anything, we're going to read off the what we believe, brothers and sisters, because we want you to know exactly what you are stepping into. We are following this book called the Bible. It don't matter what we think, how we feel, what we've been told or what we've been taught. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter how we feel, what we personally think, what we've been told or what we've been taught. What we do on this show is we read this Bible and our motto is if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Again, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it, brothers and sisters. We ain't got time to be wrapped up in emotion. Well, my mama told me, my daddy told me, my pastor told me this, brothers and sisters, we're going off of what we can read out of this book because mama could have been wrong. Although she did the best that she could possibly do, daddy could have been wrong. Pastor could be wrong. So this is why we have to fact check the things that we were told and taught with what's written in this book. So the Truth Hour Bible class is an online Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, they may receive salvation. And they, including myself, Our motto is, again, if you cannot read it, don't believe it. Number one, what we believe. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute. If you want to say Yahshua, Hamashach, Mashiach, whatever version of the name Jesus you want to use, because in this Bible right here, the 1611 King James Version of the Bible, there was no letter J. The J was an I. So it says Esus, so it says Iames instead of James. So we understand if people don't want to use the J and you want to use the Y, you want to use the I, fine. That's cool. But we here on this show, we're going to use the English version of the name. Okay? Because again, we can search and research the translation from Yahshua to Jesus, brothers and sisters. We did a whole lesson on it. So we have no dispute with the name of Jesus. That's what we use because our listeners speak English. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And we also believe that the Lord commands us that we must keep these feast days. 
right? So you can't say, oh, that was the Jews' holidays or holy days or feast days. No, brothers and sisters, the Jews didn't have no days in this Bible. They eventually came up with certain days of their own, but the days that are in this Bible that the Lord commands us to keep that he gave to Moses to give to the followers of Jesus, the Israelites or the Jews, which at Antioch were first called Christians. So if you're a Christian, that means you follow the same things that the Jews follow, which is the word of God. So the Lord is the one that gave us his feast days and he never took them away. So we must still keep the seven feast days of the Lord, according to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread it throughout the four corners of the earth, throughout the transatlantic slave trade, are indeed Israelites. And all the Lord's statutes, laws and commandments apply to us. OK, number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. In other words, you know, we got to learn what we need to be keeping. That's the only way we can keep it if we learn what it is that he wants us to do. All right. So now, number seven, we believe that we must keep the dietary law. So check yourself and what you are eating. You are not supposed to eat shrimp or, or lobster or catfish or those things that are deemed unpermissible in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Well, I thought that the Lord said, why call that unclean, which I have made clean? We're going to talk about that in tonight's lesson. See, that's that other Jesus, brothers and sisters, who would give you the misinterpretation of what that scripture actually meant. But no, brothers and sisters, if anything that you eat lives in the waters, it must have both fins and scales. Lobsters don't have scales. Shrimp don't have scales. Catfish don't have scales. So according to the word of God, we can't eat those things. And I know a lot of people will say, well, look at those people over there doing that. That's a shame. Well, look at those people over there doing that. That's a shame. But if you eating catfish and if you eating lobster, then what makes you different from those people who are over there doing those things that you said it's a shame? That's why we don't judge on this show, brothers and sisters, because we got enough work to do on correcting ourselves before we can even begin to correct somebody else. All right. Number eight, we believe that both the scripture or the Old Testament and the, and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both, according to Isaiah 8 and 20. And if you're teaching and you're not using both the scriptures and the New Testament, then it is not of God, brothers and sisters, because the Lord requires us to teach that way. OK. Number 10, um, I'm sorry, number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. Well, what you mean, Brother Black Eyes, you don't believe in going to church? I absolutely believe in going to church. But the day that the Lord set aside for us to have a holy gathering or church or coming together was Saturday. We're going to talk about that in a lesson today. So are you saying I can't go to church on Sunday? Absolutely not. You can go to church on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On every day of the week you want to go to church, brothers and sisters, you can go to church. But your holy gathering, <clears throat> your day that you set aside 
according to the Bible, is supposed to be the seventh day of the week or the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Okay. We do not we do we do not believe in the Trinity doctrine. There is no three in one, brothers and sisters. Well, what about the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost bears record in heaven. That's his job to bear record in heaven, according to the Bible. OK, but he is not in the Godhead. The Godhead is listed in John one and one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. OK, so the word was with a God. And then it says, and the word was God. So in the beginning was those two, the father and the son. Don't say anything about the Holy Spirit being in the beginning with the father and the son. Then we do a lesson where we break down who the Holy Spirit actually is. So you got to catch up on some of these things. We do not believe in any holiday that originated. And the worship of another God, such as Christmas, Easter or New Year's. We're going to talk about those things on today's show as well uh, or Bible class as well. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, brothers and sisters. It don't matter whether you are black or white or an Israelite or a non-Israelite. We believe this or a Christian or a non-Christian. Because some people follow the word of God. They just don't call themselves Christians, brothers and sisters. But we believe that in accordance to Revelation 7 and 9, because it says that I saw a number that no man could count of every nation and every tongue that stood before the Lamb and worshipped him. That's all the Lord wants you to do is have obedience, obey me and worship him. That's it. Not this world, not any other God or anything like that. Brothers, at this time, if you have a hat, we ask that you remove your hat or your head covering. Sisters, if you have not a head covering on your head at this time. We ask that at this time, sisters, you put a head covering over your head. This is the ordinance of the Bible and the word of God. And that is found in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 3 through 6. Any woman praying or prophesying should have a head covering. Any man who's praying and prophesying should not have a head covering on his head, brothers and sisters. With that being said, we are ready to start today's lesson, which is Jesus versus Jesus part two. Now, last week, we asked that you go get a sheet of paper and draw a line in the middle. And we dealt with the Jesus of this Bible versus the Jesus of this world. We talked about several things, but the main thing is the word of God and his commandments, brothers and sisters. So we broke down the things that the Lord requires us to do versus the things that the world says is OK to do in Jesus name. And so we want to pick up where we left off last week, brothers and sisters. I'm going to start in the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Right. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. That's where I want to start at, because I just want to set a foundation for today's lesson, brothers and sisters. Again, it's all about Jesus. Jesus represents the word of God. So if you want to know what the father thinks, which is what Jesus came and pointed us to, then you got to get into that word if you want to know what he thinks. It's interesting, brothers and sisters, that very few people in the Old Testament really understood that the God that they were dealing with was not the father, but was the son of God. Again, the God that they were dealing with was the son of God and not the father. 
So that goes back to who is the God of Israel? It's none other than Jesus, brothers and sisters. So Sister Key, before I actually go into the lineup in the lesson, God just put it on my spirit to take them in another direction. So I'm going to stay here at Hebrews, the 12th chapter. I'm going to read one through four. But then I'm going to go to the book of John because I want to show them something before I get into the rest of what the lesson is. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So this whole thing is about Jesus. But which Jesus, brothers and sisters, the Jesus that the world has given us or the Jesus of this Bible? Jesus versus Jesus. Which Jesus are you following? It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For considering him that endureth such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So most of you all ain't went through what Jesus went through for your belief. It says you have not yet resisted unto blood. You ain't shed no blood for your belief, but Jesus did that, and he did that for you and I. So now let's talk about this Jesus, brothers and sisters. I'm talking about the one of this Bible, okay? But let's go ahead and set a foundation of who this Jesus is before we go ahead and get deep into the lesson. Because, again, we got to know, we got to understand who the Jesus is we are dealing with, okay? Because there's more than one. But there is only one that's the right one, brothers and sisters. Jesus versus Jesus. Which Jesus are you following? Let's go to the book of John, the first chapter. The book of John, the first chapter. Now, the Jesus that we want to follow has to be the one that was here before Mary. Well, wait a minute. I thought Mary gave birth to Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, this is the way we say it. We say that Jesus came through Mary. Okay? But Mary was not the beginning of Jesus. So let's break down the Jesus that we want to follow versus the other Jesus that the world shows us. The one that started at the birth of Mary. I mean, at the birth uh, um, concerning Mary. Okay? Let's talk about the one in the Bible. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. Well, we know the word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word or Jesus. And the word or Jesus was with God. And the word or Jesus was God. So again, you can interchange the two. The word with the personal pronoun, Jesus or the name Jesus. So let me read it the right. Well, not, I'm not going to say the right way, the way it's written. And then I'm going to interject the term word with the name Jesus. Okay. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now let's read it with Jesus being interjected in there. In the beginning was Jesus 
and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. So now we know, brothers and sisters, that the Jesus that we want to follow was here in the beginning with the father. And not only was he here in the beginning with the father, he was called God because the word Elohim is a uni plural word. That means it means one or oneness. But there's two that make the title of God. So there's only two in the Godhead. Let's go ahead and continue. It says the same talking about Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Who is it talking about? It's talking about Jesus, the word. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. The brother at my job came to me and said, well, brother, that wasn't talking about Jesus. That was talking about the father when it says all things were made by him. I said, brother, we teach subject matter on this particular Bible study. So you got to establish a subject matter in every chapter that you read. So if you go back up to verse one of John one and one, we see the subject matter is the word. And the only time it talks about somebody else or something else is when it is in relation to or in uh, um, subject to the word. Or in reference to the word, brothers and sisters. So it mentioned the father, but it only mentioned the father in reference to the subject matter, which was the word. Follow me. So he said, brother, that wasn't talking about the son when it says all things were made by him. I said, OK, let's go down a little bit further and let's read John, the first chapter. And let's read. Verse 14. It says, and the word was made flesh. Now, we know that the father never came down here in the flesh. The son's job was to come down here. <clears throat> it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten father, full of grace and mercy. He said, well, brother, that still don't prove my point. I told you that I still believe that the way is written, that it was the father that made all things. I said, okay, let's go up to verse 10. It says, he was in the world. Let's stop right there. I asked him, I said, who came into the world? He said, Jesus came into the world. I said, continue reading. It says, he was in the world and the world was made by him. He looked at me. He rubbed his head. I said, yeah, brother, that's what reading the Bible would do. When you lean not on your own understanding and just read the word. So we know that Jesus was in the world and the world was made by him. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. This is the Jesus that we follow in, brothers and sisters. The Jesus of this Bible. Sister Key, while we're here, let's go down to verse 18. John 1 and 18. We're going to stay here because, again, we want to identify this Jesus, not the Jesus of the world, but the Jesus of this Bible and his role, which is so important. John said, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. So isn't it interesting that when Jesus came 
he did not speak of himself. He spoke of one that was greater than him. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that Jesus never called his father Jehovah? Or the one whom he was referring to that sent him, he never mentioned him by the name of Jehovah. But Jehovah was a God in the Old Testament. Remember, I declared on this show in the beginning that the God of the Old Testament was indeed Jesus. He just didn't go by that name at that time. But let's look at the words of Jesus. Let's go to John 5, John the 5th chapter. And let's look at what Jesus said, brothers and sisters. John, the fifth chapter, and we're going to go to verse 36 through 37. John, the fifth chapter, verses 36 through 37. Let's put Jesus on the witness stand. John said, no one has seen the father before, but Jesus, I ask you to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Do you affirm? Because we don't swear. So whenever you go to court, don't swear when you put your hand on the Bible. Just say you affirm. Okay? You can use that term. I affirm. So Jesus, we want you to affirm that number one, you can not only see your father, but you can't even hear his voice. Let's look at what Jesus' answer is to that question. John 5, 36 and 37. But I have a greater witness that, than that of John. For the works which the Father have given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me, that the Father have sent me, and the Father himself which has sent me have borne witness of me. You have never heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Well, we got a dilemma right here, brothers and sisters. If Jesus cannot lie, and he said, no one has ever heard his father's voice or seen his face. Then let's go to the book of Exodus, the 24th chapter. And let's learn something on the way to learning something. Exodus, the 24th chapter. And I know we're going fast, but the beautiful thing about video is you can always go back and watch it again. And again, follow us with your word of God. Follow us with your Bible, brothers and sisters. And if you can't keep up, Sister Key Israel is putting the scriptures right in the comment section. So again, Jesus told us that no man has ever heard his father's voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Well, let's go here and look at these 74 people of the elders of Israel and see if the Bible says they saw a God and see if they heard his voice. Let's read it. Exodus 24, 1 and um, let me see. Let's read verses one and two. It says, and he said unto Moses, well, stop right there. Who is the he that we're referring to? This is the God of Israel. Oh, so Moses could hear the voice of the God of Israel. He absolutely could. Well, I thought Jesus said, no man has ever heard my father's voice. Well, you are absolutely correct. That means that the God of Israel was not the father. Remember, John 1 and 1 said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus also is a God according to the Bible. He's just not the father according to the Bible. He's a father, but he has a father. 
So let's finish reading. And he said unto Moses, come up unto the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 other elders of the Israel, um, of the elders of Israel and worship ye afar off. So that's 74 people, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and Moses, that's four. And 70s of the, of the elders of Israel, that's 70 plus four, that's 74 people. And he said, come and worship me afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh. Neither shall the people go up with him. Okay, let's go down to verses nine through 11. Nine through 11. Exodus 24, nine through 11. Then went up Moses, one, and Aaron, two. And Nadab, three, and Abihu, four, and 70 of the elders of Israel, 74 people, and they saw the God of Israel. Well, Jesus said, you can't even see the father's shape. So if they can see the God of Israel, then if they can hear the voice of the God of Israel, then who is the God of Israel? We just eliminated it being the father because Jesus told us that you couldn't see the father or hear his voice. So the God of Israel is Christ, is the rock, is Jesus, brothers and sisters. But let's continue reading. And there was under his feet, verse nine, as it were a paved work of sapphire stone and as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw God. And did eat and drink. So, so wait a minute, brothers and sisters. Moses dealt with a God named Jehovah. So you mean to tell me that Jehovah was none other than Jesus before he came through Mary? That's exactly what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. Wait a minute. Wasn't Jehovah the one that helped them to escape from Pharaoh and the children of Pharaoh and Egypt? Yes. Jehovah was that God that followed them as a cloud during the day in a pillar of fire by night that protected them. They followed that cloud. They followed that fire, brothers and sisters, because they knew that that was Jehovah. Well, wait a minute, black eyes. I don't understand how you saying that Jehovah was Jesus because you could see him because you could hear his voice. And Jesus told you that no man has ever heard my father's voice or seen his shape at any time. That's how I'm telling you that. But let's go to the New Testament, because remember, we got to teach from both brothers and sisters. So we're going to go to first Corinthians, the 10th chapter. First Corinthians, the 10th chapter and find out who exactly that God was named Jehovah that dealt with Moses and the children of Israel, who exactly that God was that provided a cloud that he was in that the children of Israel followed and that split the sea for all the children of Israel to go through that actually became the first baptism and led to the first church being assembled. Oh, brothers and sisters, I know that this is deep and this is learning something on the way to learning something. But put on your thinking caps and strap on your seatbelts, brothers and sisters, because we're diving deep. Let's find out who this Jehovah was. First Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses one through four. Let's identify who this Jehovah was. Verse one. First Corinthians 10 and one. Moreover, brethren, 
I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud. Oh, and all passed through the sea. Oh, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So we're clearly talking about Moses, the children of Israel, Egypt and Jehovah, because Jehovah was the God that he dealt with. But let's move on a little bit further so it can explain who Jehovah and the God of Israel is. Verse three, and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. And that rock was Christ. So this is why we don't throw away the testimony or the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, because the same Jesus that we follow in the New Testament was the same Jesus that gave Moses the statues, the laws and the commandments that he wanted us to follow. Well, I thought when Jesus came in the flesh through Mary, remember, he was the one that gave it to us. Well, I thought we did away with all those things. Well, let's find out what was done away with, brothers and sisters. We ain't even got into our lesson yet. We ain't even went on script yet, brothers and sisters, but this is where the spirit is leading. Let's go to, to the book of Hebrews and let's find out what was done away with. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Let's find out what was done away with when Jesus came in the flesh through Mary and sacrificed his life. All right. Now, again, we have to establish a subject matter when we're teaching on a chapter. Right. So let's establish a subject matter here. It says for the law. Stop right there. That's the subject matter, the law. But we got to find out which law among the many laws that are on the books that this is referring to. Which law? Right. I want you to take your pen. And I want you to write down two key words. Sacrifices and the word offering. Every time you hear the word sacrifice, put a line right there. Every time you hear the word offering, put a line right there. And I'm going to test you guys while we are on live. When I ask you how many times the word sacrifices were mentioned, I want you to put in the comment section. And when I ask you how many times the word offerings were mentioned, I want you to put that in the comment section. We're going to have a virtual class today, brothers and sisters. Well, let's find out what law this was. It says for the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. So which law, brothers and sisters? dealt with sacrifices and offerings. Let's continue reading. It's going to explain to us. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Oh, brothers and sisters, now we know that this is the law of animal sacrifice that was done away with that Jesus came and brought us. That was Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 4. I'm not done yet, though. Just keep writing down the words sacrifices and offerings. Let's go and continue reading. We're going to go down to verse 10. 
we're at verse five now. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses one through 10. All right. Verse five. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, this is talking about Jesus. He saith, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not. I don't like sacrifices and killing animals for your mess up. But a body has thou prepared for me. So the father prepared a son, the son, a body to be sacrificed, to take the place of animal sacrifice. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. But then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither had his pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first. He taketh away the first, which is animal sacrifice, that he may establish the second, which is the sacrifice of his body and his blood, by the which, verse 10, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Now, class, let me test you. How many times was the word sacrifices mentioned so far, just in the first 10 verses. I'm going to let you guys put that answer up there. How many times was the, was the word sacrifices mentioned or sacrifice mentioned in the first 10 verses? Uh-oh, Krista said 10. Latrice said 6. Keep it going. 2. Three, four, five, five, five so far, six. Let me see. I think, wait a minute. I think somebody got it. I got one, two, three. Let me see. Somebody said eight. Somebody said 10. And let me see who else. Somebody said five. I think the person that said five got it. Let me see. In verse one, there's one sacrifice. In verse three, there's two. In verse five, there's three. In verse eight, there's four. And in verse 10. Uh oh, wait a minute. Did somebody have four? Sister Key Israel, fact check that for me, okay? Now, how many times was the word offering meant? Uh, uh, how many times was the, was the word offering mentioned in the first 10 verses? It was one verse, I think, that had three offerings in it. How many times was the, was the word offering uh, um, uh, mentioned, brothers and sisters? Let me see. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I think some of y'all can bind both of them together. So the word offering was mentioned eight times and fact check the word sacrifice. But I think 
sacrifices was mentioned um, four times, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I think sacrifice was mentioned four times, but fact check that. But now we know, brothers and sisters, that the Jesus of this Bible, right, allowed animal sacrifice because remember the first the first life form that was killed <clears throat> or blood was shed in the Bible. The first life form that was shed was an animal. In the book of Genesis, when it said God made them coats of skin to cover them. They made themselves fig leaves, but God made them coats of skin. Where did he get the coats of skin from? An animal whose blood was shed for sin. So the shedding of, a of, of, of an animal's blood was used from the book of Genesis all the way until Christ came. So that law of animal sacrifice, brothers and sisters, was replaced by the offering of the body of Jesus. Now, let's get back into our lesson, brothers and sisters. Now that we established that the Jesus of this Bible was the Jesus or the God of the Old Testament, the one who went by Jehovah, the one who went by God Almighty, the one who went by I am, the one who went by Lord. And even he went by Melchizedek, brothers and sisters, but that's another lesson for another time. However, this is why we love Jesus so much. It's because he was there in the beginning. Jesus was the only God that man has ever dealt with. Well, my mama is a Jehovah Witness, and I got to go here, Sister Key. Let's go to Psalms 83 and 18. Psalms 83 and 18. My mother said, you got to read this scripture right here, son, because this is going to show you exactly who Jehovah is. Jehovah is the most high. Psalms 83, 18. Psalms 83 and 18. You got it? Psalms 83 and 18. It says that men may know that you whose name alone is Jehovah are the most high over all the earth. Again, that men may know that you, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. Well, if Jehovah was the father, why is his dominion only over the earth? Because the father's dominion is heaven. He gave the sons reign and rule and dominion over the earth. Right? So if Jehovah's only dominion and rule is over the earth, and if he's only the most high over all the earth, then again, I ask you, brothers and sisters, who is this Jehovah? None other than Jesus, brothers and sisters. He just didn't go by that name at that time. We proved it in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, when it says that rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. So again, now we've established who Jesus is. Let's go ahead and keep rolling because the world wants to change his image. The world wants to make him into somebody that he's not, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go to 
we were reading about many different things about the crosses and the images. We'll deal with that first. The Jesus of the Bible did not tell you to wear a cross, nor did he give you a symbol of God. So if you didn't get the cross from Jesus, then where did you get the cross from? Well, let's go to the origin of the cross. We're going to go into the Wikipedia and we're going to read about the origin of the cross and Constantine. Constantine and the cross. Constantine was the Roman emperor who was the first one that brought Christianity into Rome, which was Roman Christianity. Let's read. On October 28th in the year 312 AD, Constantine defeated his chief rival, Maximentius, to gain the throne as the Roman emperor. Constantine's father had been one of the rulers of the sprawling empire. After his death, his troops named Constantine Augustus. However, others wanted a piece of the action. One of them, Maximentius, Maxentius was determined to hold Italy and Africa for himself. Constantine would have to defeat him in order to make good his claim to the throne. Constantine trusted friend and church historian Asebius tells what happened as the Constantine as Constantine prepared for one of the most decisive battles of history. Constantine was praying to his father's god beseeching him to tell him who he was and imploring him to stretch out his right hand to help him in his present difficulties. So if he was praying to his father's God, Constantine, then the question is, who was his father's God? Let's go ahead and read about Constantine's father and his father's God. Sol Invictus, S-O-L, Sol Invictus, meaning the unconquering sun, was the official sun god of the latter Roman Empire and the patron of soldiers. On 25th of December, A.D. 274, the Roman emperor Aurelian made it an official coat alongside the traditional Roman coats, right? So now you know where sun day comes from. It comes from Rome in the Roman Empire, who was worshiping the unconquered sun, Sol Evictus, and gave you a day to worship the sun on, and even named the day after the god that they worship, which was the sun god. That's how it became Sun Day. Okay? So now, about Constantine, while he was fervently praying, an incredible sign appeared to him from heaven, talking about the sky, brothers and sisters, he said that about noon, when the day was already beginning to decline, he saw with his own eyes the sign of a cross of light in the, the sky. It said heavens, but it means the sky above the sun and in inscription that said conquer by this attached to it. Seeing this, he and his army, which followed him on, on an expedition and witnessed the miracle, was struck with amazement. He said that he doubted within himself what importance the vision might hold. 
he continued to ponder its meaning until he fell asleep. While sleeping, the same cross appeared to him, to him that he had seen earlier in the sky. He believed that this was his sign that God, remember, he worshiped the sun God. So when it says he believed that the sign that God commanded him to make a likeness, but we know it couldn't have been the God of the Bible. Why? We're going to read that to you in, in, in a moment. It says he uh, believed that this was his sign that God commanded him to make a likeness of that sign which he had seen in the sky and to use it as a safeguard in all encounters with his enemies. The upshot was that Constantine defeated Max, Max, Maxentius and the Milvian Bridge at the Milvian Bridge, Rome. He honored Christian bishops and meddled in their affairs the rest of his life. Constantine was baptized on his deathbed, the first Roman emperor to embrace Christianity. Now, are we following Roman Christianity or the Christianity of this book called the Bible, biblical Christianity? Jesus and the image that Constantine gave you, are you following the Jesus of the Bible? Or are you following that other Jesus? Let's go to Exodus, the 20th chapter, verses one through five. Remember, he said he believed that God gave him this image. Okay, which God was he talking about? Exodus 20, one through four. Exodus 20 and one through four. Let's see if God allows us to have images. All right. It says, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So we can't have soul invictus, brothers and sisters, because we can't have no other God besides God. So that God's soul invictus, that Constantine, the Roman emperor, the same one who gave you the cross, the same one who gave you Sunday as a day of worship. We can't follow him, his religion or his Jesus, brothers and sisters. But it gets better. Verse four, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Well, what about the cross? It's an image. What about praying hands? It's an image. What about angels? It's an image. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to understand that as we talked to you last week and showed you, they removed the thing about the images out of the Catholic Bible. Right there, brothers and sisters. They removed it. You see it right here. It says. You shall not have other gods before me. You shall not make to yourself any idol or images, brothers and sisters. Now, when we get to this right here, we see. Nothing mentioning images. Nothing, nothing mentioned in idols. They just skip totally over that, brothers and sisters. So again, 
we're providing you the information, we're providing you the truth. And if you bear a cross on your church, you are a Roman Catholic because it came from Rome. If you have a cross around your neck, you are a Roman Catholic because the images came from Rome. If you go to church on Sunday, the first day of the week, you are a Roman Constantine Catholic because that's who gave it to you, not the Jesus of this Bible, brothers and sisters, but it gets better. It gets better. We continue reading. We continue moving forward and we continue going forward. We're going to go to John, the fourth chapter, verses 22 to 24. John, the fourth chapter, verses 22 through 24. John 4, 22 through 24. And it reads, you worship you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Jesus said it. Why did he say salvation is of the Jews? Because the word of God came to the Jews, brothers and sisters. It came to Israel. So if you're going to be a so-called Christian, then you must follow the doctrine of the Jews or Israel. According to Jesus, these are words out of Jesus's mouth. 22 again, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father seeketh such to worship him. So if you're worshiping God, but you're not worshiping him in truth. You're worshiping him, worshiping him based off of your emotions and how you feel and what you personally think. This is why we're doing the comparison, brothers and sisters. It don't matter how we feel. It don't matter what we personally think. What matters is what we abide by, by this book. And that's why we got to show you a comparison, because you may have been doing things that you thought was the correct way. Until someone comes and show you something different. Verse 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does an image got to do with in spirit? Because spirit is invisible. So I don't need a cross to remind me of my God. I don't need an image to remind me of my God. I worship God in the spirit. And in truth, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Yeah, you can't see him, but the evidence of his existence is all around us. Let's go to Romans, the first chapter. Romans, the first chapter. Verses 21 through 25. I'm sorry, 22 through 25. Romans, the first chapter. Verses 22 through 25, Romans 1, 22 25. And it reads, professing themselves wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. 
Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own bodies to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So who changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man? Who did that? It was the Romans, brothers and sisters, through Constantine. And we're going to show you, brothers and sisters, what they did and how they changed how they changed the image of God. What they did, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you what they did and how they did it. And I'm going to point out this image right now because this is where we are about to go right now. This is your Jesus, brothers and sisters. Do you know who this man is? In every variation of this man, this is Sejar Borges. Again, this is Sejar Borges, brothers and sisters. This is your image of Jesus that the Romans gave you, brothers and sisters. We got to show you the truth and the matter of this. So let's go there, brothers and sisters. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's get all the way in it. Let's go deep in this lesson, brothers and sisters. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there, brothers and sisters. Mm, mm, mm. So now. Where did I put this at? Where did I put it at? He said himself importance. We got to get this. Satan is trying to, to hide this information, but no, we're not going to let him, brothers and sisters. We are not going to let him hide this information from us. I got it, brothers and sisters. I got it. So Pope Alexander the Sixth. Pope Alexander VI commissioned Leonardo da Vinci to paint the image of his son, Cesar Borgia, who was also Leonardo's da Vinci gay lover or boyfriend. This has become the most recognizable image of Jesus today, a bearded, narrow, straight-nosed Caucasian with long hair. This is a clear contradiction of the way that the Bible describes Jesus as looking. But I want you to know where this image came from. Pope Alexander VI commissioned Leonardo da Vinci to paint the image of his son, Cesar Borgia, who was Leonardo da Vinci's gay lover. He wanted to paint an image of Jesus, brothers and sisters, to look like his son, Sejar Borgia. Look it up for yourself. Let's go to Revelations, the first chapter, and we're going to find out if the image of Leonardo da Vinci's painting matches the image of the Jesus that we read about in this Bible. Turn your books to Revelations, the, fourth um, the first chapter. 12 through 15. Revelations, the first chapter, 12 through 15. Revelations 1, 12 through 15. 
And it says, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with the garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, just like your parents get older. And this here becomes white or gray, brothers and sisters, because of the age. His head and his hairs were like were white like wool, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet, and his feet, and his feet were like unto fine brass, that brown, beautiful brown stuff right there that you're looking at right now. And his feet were like unto fine brass at, as if they were burned in a furnace. Brothers and sisters, if his feet was brass, brothers and sisters, what do you think the rest of his body that was exposed, his face appeared like your feet is not going to be a different complexion from your face. It may be a little bit lighter because it's covered up by the sun. But this is clearly not brown or brass, brothers and sisters. Again, it's clearly not brown or brass. So again, brothers and sisters, this is where we get all these images from. This is where we get them from. You got to understand, brothers and sisters, that when we bring you the truth, it may be painful because every time you close your eyes and you pray, you see that image of that European, that Roman, Cesar Borgia. When you close your eyes and you look at them in your mind, it's a psychological effect, brothers and sisters, especially to young black people looking at the image that they gave us of image was the same image of our school teacher, was the same image of our store owner, was the same image of the slave master, was the same image of the bill collector, the lawyers, the judges, the police officers. So when we looked at them, we looked at them as if they were better than us. We looked at them as different because they looked more like the image that they showed us of Jesus, brothers and sisters. So through those images and television images, they totally, totally destroyed the sense of pride and self-love that we had in ourselves as black people because we could not identify Jesus with being black. But I'm here to tell you today, brothers and sisters, although it don't make no difference to us what color he was, but for the point of factual truth and evidence and historical evidence, brothers and sisters, not only was Jesus black, brothers and sisters, but the Israelites were a black people. How else could Moses pass for the grandson of a black African Egyptian king, Pharaoh? If he wasn't black himself, how else can Joseph, the Greek, the dream interpreter, pass for an Egyptian, an African black Egyptian, so much so that when his brothers came, they did not recognize him. They thought that he was an African Egyptian, a Hamite. 
How could Jesus and Mary and Joseph go and hide from King Herod into Egypt, brothers and sisters? If Jesus was a white baby and Mary and Joseph was white. How? I tell you how, brothers and sisters. Because the Israelites and the Egyptians were both black, brothers and sisters. We're both black. And again, it don't mean anything to us, but it must have meant something to them, brothers and sisters, because they changed his image. They're the ones that changed his image, brothers and sisters. So, again, brothers and sisters, it don't matter to us, but we got to give you the facts and we got to give you the truth because we've been <laughs> worshiping the Jesus of the world far too long, brothers and sisters. Far too long. And now is the time to tell the truth and to bring people into the truth of the word of God. And again, if you are white or Caucasian and watching this lesson, we offer you salvation like we offer anybody else. This is not a, a, a black teaching or anything. This is the word of God teaching. And we want you to have it as well as we want our black Israelite brothers and sisters to have it. We want you to have it just as well as we want our own brothers and sisters to have it. So again, brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and continue with our lesson because we only got a little bit to go. But imagine a white baby Jesus hiding in a black Africa among black Africans. Imagine. It would probably look something like this, brothers and sisters. Don't you think the Romans would be able to find him? He would be he would he would stand out in Egypt if Jesus was a white baby. But no, brothers and sisters, this is the image that the world gives us, but not the Bible. The Bible gives us an image of a Jesus that looks like the people that's surrounding that white baby right there. So again, I know that's hurtful for some people because you've been taught something different your whole life, but it's okay. Let's go to Romans 1, 18 through 23. Romans 1, 18 through 23. I might have to do a part three, y'all, because I barely got into the scriptures and, and into the lesson that I wanted to get into. Romans 1, 18 through 23, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth of unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. It's our own imaginations, brothers and sisters. We come up with our own stuff and our own things and the way we look at it, at it our own selves, brothers and sisters. 
but Jesus versus Jesus. Which Jesus are you following, brothers and sisters? Now, I'm going to close with this. I want to close with the dietary law because I want to show you something in this. I know this is a trigger for most black folks, especially those of us who grew up under a slave master and slaves. We ate what came off the slave master's table, what was left over. So we took the intestines of the pig and we made what is called chitterlings, right? We ate the feet of the pig. We ate this and that. And we were not supposed to be doing any of those things, brothers and sisters. But again, we didn't know any better. This word was not given to us properly. Let's go to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Leviticus, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Leviticus, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 10. And let's see if the Jesus of this Bible warrants what they're doing in your church. When they got that fish fry in your church and they serve in their congregation catfish in their church. Or they having meals and they got ham and they got pork in the church. We already talked about the trees in the church on last week's lesson, how you're not supposed to have them. Let's talk about the dietary law. Remember, it was Jesus who gave it to Moses, the one they called Jehovah. So can Jesus change? Maybe that's what I'll close with. Sister Key Israel, send me those two scriptures about can Jesus change and can God change? Inbox me that. That's what I want to close with. Leviticus, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 10. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which you shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever part of the hoof and is clove-footed and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that shall you eat. Nevertheless, these shall you not eat. Of them that chew the cud or them that divided the hoof. Now, they got two requirements, but they got to have all three. As the camel, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the cooney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the swine, that's your pork, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the swine... I'm sorry, and the swine, verse 7, though he divided the hoof and be clove-footed. So he got two out of the three requirements, but he don't chew the cud. And the swine, though he divided the hoof and be clove-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean unto, uh, unto you. Of their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcass you shall not touch. They are unclean unto you. These shall you eat. Of all that are in the waters, whatsoever have fins and scales. So what if they got fins and not scales? Or what if they got scales and not fins? It says, these shall you eat that are in the waters, whatsoever have fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, them shall you eat. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas, in the rivers, 
of all that move in the waters, of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. So you can't eat whatever you want to eat, brothers and sisters, according to the word of God. That's if you're going to be a Christian. That's if you're going to be a follower of Jesus. Now, let's close this thing out with verses 44 through 47. And let's find out what the Lord calls this. For I am the Lord, your God, verses 44 through 47. For I am the Lord, your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourself, separate yourself, followers of Jesus. And you shall be holy. So holy people don't put those things inside of their body. For I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. This is the law of beast. So it's a law. This is the law of the beast and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth to make a difference between the unclean and the clean and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. To make a difference between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. Which Jesus are you following? This Jesus right here? Or the Jesus that says you can eat whatever you want to eat. All you got to do is pray over it. Let's go, brothers and sisters, because somebody going to be coming and you're going to tell them what Brother Black Eye said. And somebody going to come back and say, well, brother, uh, God changed that. We ain't got to do that no more. God said, why make that unclean, which I have made clean? So you can eat those things. Uh, 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 Paul ate them. You know, God told Paul when he told him he didn't want to eat those things, you can eat those things. Well, let's find out what God actually told Paul and what he was talking about. I'm going to take you right to where they're going to take you. Acts the 10th chapter, but we ain't going to read it with their misunderstanding. We're going to read it with the understanding of the word of God and the Bible. All you got to do is keep reading. You're going to run into the truth. Acts the 10th chapter. We're going to start at verse 1. Through six. Verse one through six. Acts 10, one through six. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in unto him, saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged or lives with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside, and he shall tell you what you ought to do. A couple of things here. Remember, an angel came unto him. And he sent this Caucasian, this Italian, to Peter. Why couldn't the angel, which is the Holy Spirit, angels are spirits and they are holy, which is the Holy Spirit. Why couldn't the Holy Spirit just tell this Caucasian Italian what he wanted him to do? Because the Lord don't deal directly with any other nation other than Israel. 
So God deals with Israel, and then Israel is the one who's supposed to deal with the other nations. God said in the book of Malachi, Israel only have I known of all the nations of this earth. So the protocol again is the father gives it to the son, the son gives it to an angel, and the angel gives it to an Israelite, and the Israelite gives it to the other sons of Adam. So that's why the angel couldn't tell him himself what he wanted him to do. He told him to go seek an Israelite, which was Paul, and Paul was going to tell him what he wanted him to do. That's something called learning something on the way to learning something. Now, let's deal with this God saying you can eat anything you want to eat. Why call that unclean, which I have made clean? Let's deal with that, right? Verse 9 through 15. No, let's do 16. Verse 9 through 16. Acts the 10th chapter, verses 9 through 16. It says, on the next day, as they went on their journey, they drew near unto the city. Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour and became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Where did Peter get that from? And, I, and my apologies, I misspoke. I said Paul in the beginning, but this was Peter. Peter got that from the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter, the law of beasts that may be eaten and beasts that may not be eaten. That's where Peter got it from. So Peter said in verse 14, no, Lord, I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again a third, a second time, what God has cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times and the vessel was received up again unto heaven. So now, what did this mean? Did the Lord really want Peter to eat things that were not permissible by the law? Or was the Lord using this for another purpose? Now, remember, Cornelius is sending men to seek Peter to find out what the angel wanted him to know. Let's read verse 17 through 20. Verse 17 through 20, Acts the 10th chapter, verses 17 through 20. It says, now while Peter doubted in himself what the vision which he had seen should mean, because he knew that the Lord don't change. So the Lord clearly wasn't telling him to eat things that were against the law of things that could be eaten versus things that could not be eaten. So Peter knew that the dream could not have meant that. That's why he was doubting. As he was doubting in himself what the vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which surname was Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, behold, three men are looking for you. Arise, therefore, get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Oh, so... First, he's doubting on the vision about the unclean foods and the unclean beasts. And now the Lord is telling him, don't doubt that these men are seeking you. 
I have sent them. Could it be a connection between these white men from Italy who were seeking this Israelite? Could the dream possibly have something to do with these men? Let's find out. Now, we're going to go verses 24 through 28. Now, Peter are going with these men to see Cornelius because God told him, don't, don't, don't doubt anything. 24 through 28. On the next day, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had, and had called together all his cousins and his friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me. How did he show him? In that vision of clean and unclean beasts. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Do you get it? Do you get it? I should not call any man common or unclean. Verse 14. Verse 14. Peter said, not so, Lord. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. So now you get it. God was using the vision of the wild beast that Peter was not permissible to eat according to the law to describe the nation and the nations of people. White folks have always used an image of a wild beast to describe their nation. What does America use? America uses an eagle. An eagle is an animal that you can't eat. What does Russia use? Russia uses a bear. That's an animal you can't eat. The basketball team for Chicago is the Bulls. That's an animal you can't eat. Philadelphia has a football team called an eagle. That's an animal you can't eat. Detroit has a football team called the Lions. That's an animal you can't eat. Atlanta has a basketball team called the Hawks. That's an animal you can't eat. So white folks have always described themselves using the image of a wild beast. So the Lord was saying to them, now I'm going to open up this thing to other nations. I'm going to accept them into the body of Christ, brothers and sisters. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to open this thing up, brothers and sisters. So that's how the Gentiles became accepted into the body of Christ through constant uh, through um, Cornelius, which was the first Gentile in Acts, the 10th chapter, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read two more verses and then I'm going to close this thing out, brothers and sisters. Verses 33 through 35, verses 33 through 35. We're still in Acts, the 10th chapter. It says, immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou, ha thou, has thou, and thou has well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, 
of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Some of our Israelite brothers need to hear that because some of them believe that no one is going to receive salvation except Israel. Again, which Jesus are you following? The Jesus that you conjured up in your own mind that was passed down to you from generation to generation or the Jesus of this Bible. So, brothers and sisters, let's close this thing out. Let's go ahead and close this thing out. And I'm going to go ahead and close out. With. Uh, two verses. Let's go to book of Malachi. Let's go to the book of Malachi. Um. The third chapter, verse six, Malachi, the third chapter, verse six. And it reads. Let me see. Malachi, the third chapter, verse six. For I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are consumed. And the reason why you say that is because. The same God that gave us the Torah and those things that were written in the law is the same God that we've turned our back away from, Jacob, Israel. So that's how we have to do this thing, brothers and sisters. We got to follow this word because, again, that's the only thing that is consistent and that does not change. That's the only thing that does not change. So, brothers and sisters, I thank you for part two of Jesus versus Jesus. Which Jesus are you following? And I thank you for your time. With that being said, brothers and sisters, if there's anyone out there that has a YouTube channel, um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. TV. All right. Now, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, again, our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords truth hour to 312-719-7310. You got that? And if you're on YouTube and if you have a Facebook page, then like our group page, the Truth Hour Bible Show. The Truth Hour Bible Show. You got it? Again, YouTube, go to Facebook and like our group page, The Truth Hour Bible Show. And again, brothers and sisters, if you would like to help out in this online ministry, then definitely become a part of our team and become a part of our ministry. At this time, Team Truth Hour put Team Truth Hour in the comment section. Reach out to any brother or any sister that's a part of Team Truth Hour. We could use your help. Sharing this lesson, inviting people to the live feed, helping to text people to let them know that we are live and we are on the air. If you believe that what you heard tonight was the truth, and if you believe that this Bible class is beneficial towards the salvation for all people, then become a part of our team and help us get this word out. It does not have anything to do with where you go on the Sabbath day and physically go. This is a Tuesday thing. 
So you can still be a part of your Bible class where you go, wherever you go, and be a part of Team Truth Hour on Tuesdays, brothers and sisters. With that being said, I believe that that's all we have for tonight. Um, man, I meant to show you guys these right here, and I forgot to show you guys all the crosses that came from all the other nations, the Celtics, the Romans, all the crosses that came from the other nations, brothers and sisters. We're not supposed to have any images or anything. So again, if you see it, it's not the Jesus of this Bible, brothers and sisters. So take those crosses off, right? Take them down. Take those images of Jesus down. We don't care whether it's a black image or a white image. Take them down, brothers and sisters. You're not supposed to have any images, okay, that represents Jesus or the Father. So if you got an image that you feel represents Jesus or the Father, remove them, take them down, brothers and sisters, okay? Let's stand up, face Jerusalem, and let's pray out. Father God in heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we say thank you, Father God. We thank you for another powerful lesson, Father God, that revealed your truth, Father God. We ask that you walk with us, Father God. Hold our hand, Father God. Help us get through any difficult time, Father God, that we may be facing, Father God. Help us be strong in the areas in which we are weak in, Father God. Help strengthen our spirit and our faith in you, Father God. I pray that tonight's lesson was edifying to those who watched and listened, and I pray that it was glorifying to you. Ask these things through your son, Jesus Yeshua name. Amen. All right. Again, thank you so much, brothers and sisters. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being present. Thank you for sharing the lesson, and thank you for inviting people. And again, Brother Malachi, we will be posting this lesson on YouTube very shortly, and as we do all of our lessons. So if you didn't get it live or if you can't get it on Facebook, you can get it on YouTube. But either way it go, um, nothing can stop this truth from, 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 from going forth. With that being said, peace and blessings to you all in Jesus' name. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.